0: Hello and assalamualaikum. Welcome to In This Moment podcast. I am Zumar Ali, your host for this episode. In this episode, meet our guest Ehlwa, the author of the best-selling spiritual book Secrets of Divine Love, published by Knowledge Publishing House. She will guide you on how to reconnect with Allah when you are longing for His love. We hope this can be an opportunity for you to be in the moment, disconnect from the chaotic and confused world.
1: In this moment,
0: I would like to welcome uh, Sister Ehawa to your first ever Twister Space session. Assalamualaikum, Sister Ehawa
1: as-salam. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Ah oh, no, it's it's fine. Yeah, the, the pleasure is ours. So, yes, how are you, sister? Um, what what are you up to these days? Alhamdulillah,
1: I'm doing well. Um, just uh, taking in the beauty of the changing seasons, despite being in California, where it's uh, summer all year all year <laughs> long. Um. Yeah, it's been um, it's been a beautiful time.
0: Right, and and I believe it's six o'clock in the morning in in California right now, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's six six a.m. It's nice as the day starts. Um, you know, it's uh, it's the blessed time of
0: of Fedger time still, so uh, that's mm-hmm. a special time. Right, and yeah, for that I really really thank you. Uh, to sister Elwa for accepting this invitation despite of um having a very early morning in in California because in in Malaysia right now we're only um at 10 p.m. so we will are currently um just finish our stuff and having um a uh, a rest time um to end our day with with uh, the best thing that we could ever find before we hit the bat. So thank you, Sitalwa, for joining us tonight. And um, today, we'll be talking about longing for divine love. But before we um, move on to the topic, um, I'd like to briefly introduce uh, Iman Plus to everyone who is joining us. Um, Iman Plus is a digital imprint of a content and publishing house known as Iman Publication. I- Iman Publication publishes a range of books, um, from spiritual books to self help books, such as uh, on marriage preparation and improving your self confidence. Um, our sister company, Iman Shop Bookstore, is responsible for selling many great books, such as Secrets of Divine Love and uh, Secrets of Divine Love Journal, written by our guest, Sister Ehelwa. And Iman Plus, as a digital imprint, uh, we make uh, digital content, such as this session that you're tuning in right now. And we produce online classes, complementary to the books that we have in Iman. So uh, if you want to know more about uh, Iman Plus, you can check out our website at imanplus.com to browse all of our classes that we offer. And if you want to check out uh, Sister Helwa's uh, book, Secrets of Divine Love and Secret of Divine Love Journal, you can go to our website, imanshop.com, um, to, to check out the book. And I'm going to share with you a special discount code in the middle of the session, so you can get a discount for purchasing Sister Helwa's book, Secrets of Divine Love and Secrets of Divine Love love journal inshallah for tonight's topic on longing for divine love um i would like to give uh the the, the audience an opportunity to ask questions directly to sister Elhawa. so if you have any questions you may request to speak and we will let you speak to sister Elhawa when we um finish this session at the end of the session later inshallah so, yes, uh, I think bismillahirrahmanirrahim, and we shall start this session with um with my first question, Sister Elwa. So, are you ready, Sister Elwa? Shall we kick off, this? Sure, let's do it. Yep, bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Right, Sister Elwa, my first question is quite basic, and it's um, it more relates to your book. Uh, so, you wrote Secrets of Divine Love, uh, a book that if I were to read, um, at the blurb behind the book, you hope that book, this book can reignite the faith, um, overcome doubts, and deepen the connection with uh, God, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, before we go further into the, the content of the book, probably um, there are some of the audience that might not be um, familiar with this book. Can you briefly share with us um, what is your book, Secrets of Divine Love? is all about sister. El.
1: Sure, yeah, that's a beautiful question. Um, So Secrets of Divine Love is about a deeper spiritual journey within the principles of the Islamic tradition from a place of love and mercy in um, following the example of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, and how he taught us this religion and this path as mirrored by all the prophets before him and it's just a reminder that it's really one message as the Quran it says that um, there's no distinction to be made with the messages that the prophets were sent with and so this book at its heart its intention is to look at the beautiful pillars and the teachings of Islam from the lens of spirituality and putting the, the Quran as the focus of, of how we learn and then bringing in some of the great teachers of, of the Islamic tradition, um, whether that's Imam Ghazali or the companions or obviously the hadith. Um, but really the intention is for us to return personally and seek out a personal relationship with Allah. Um, I think one of the motivations sometimes don't necessarily share is that growing up as a Muslim, sometimes it's easy to inherit your parents' relationship with Allah or mirror that relationship, which is beautiful modeling sometimes, but other times can become sort of get in the way of our own experience of having a very personal relationship with Allah. And so my, in this book, I guess my intention is through chapters about the depth of salah or the the unity and oneness of Allah, um, or deep teachings about some of the secrets um, when it comes to heaven and hell, or the real um, the depth of of things like death or repentance or who the human being who we really are. Um, I'm hoping that the reader could take the time to access something about their relationship with Allah. And really, with the journal, that was the great intention, is that the journal's um, purpose was that if I could be in a room with you, like what questions I would ask you, what questions I'd want to listen to your responses on, um, to create more of a personal um, journey in in the faith uh, space, inshallah.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you, Sita If I were to follow up to the statement you mentioned about um, it's easier to inherit um, our parents' um, Islam, our parents' um, religion, it's easy for us to actually um, have have this this faith in us when we, we inherit from them. But if I were to if I were to quote one of your um, phrase in the book you mentioned about, early in the part of the book, you mentioned that I was born Muslim, but growing up, I was never thought um, how to love and be loved by God. Um, do you remember writing that in, in, in introduction, Sister Hawa? Yes, I do remember. Yes. Um. Can, can you walk us through how did Islam was practiced in, in, in your life and, and your surrounding during those years? Was it, a struggle, struggling, was it struggling for you to practice Islam back then? Um, yes. Can, can you walk us through what, what happened back then? Can you describe to us?
1: So I was just saying, growing up, um, being with, the, the way that Islam was practiced was actually, my parents are probably two of the, Alhamdulillah, mashallah, one of the um, most incredible people. And the emphasis was always in, in service um, of humanity. And so the way they practiced was with with love and beauty, except I didn't learn that teaching because what I got stuck on um, at the mosque or was more the fear and more um, the feeling of being inadequate um, or not enough for God or... I looked at my parents and I thought, huh, well, they're incredible people. They're so beautiful in their practice and their, their passion and their commitment. But I didn't learn how to have a personal relationship with Allah for myself from a place of love. And the way that I was is I had a lot of questions. I wanted to know the answer to so many things. And because my parents were so sincere and honest and Entirely committed. A lot of the questions I had, they actually never asked. Um, And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just I needed those, I felt like I needed those answers. Um, And I felt like when I would, at the time, going to the mosque, like even in that context, I was really looking for an experience, a depth. And what I got a lot of the times was just intellectual responses. And I think it's funny being someone who wrote a book talking about that because my real desire was actually in sharing these words was that people would go beyond those words, that maybe those words would usher you into an experience. And when I actually started studying Islamic, the Islamic tradition and the tenets and principles of Islam, I realized that the entire thing is an experience and that we actually, we will never feel, quote-unquote, enough to stand before the creator of existence. That I will never feel, in a sense, worthy of having a relationship with the perfect one, Allah. And actually, that's the perfect way to show up. I was depending so much in my younger years on me and who I was and trying to be perfect before I could have a relationship with Allah. Only to realize um, later with the guidance of teachers and um, and having more, um, yeah, so guidance on the path that I actually could be me. And that would not change Allah from being Allah and from His mercy making space for me. As the Quran says, His mercy encompasses all things, including me. As the Quran says, His mercy and His forgiveness encompasses all of my sins, um, as long as I show up and repent. And so that was really like the only, it's kind of incredible when you think about it, the only requirement is that you come. That's it. If you show up, you come. Uh, And even then, Allah can pull you and (laughs) test whatever he wishes. So, But really, in a sense, then, it's Allah's mercy that comes first, his love that comes first, and then... Everything changed with that understanding because my parents were content practicing and being completely surrendered without that understanding that I didn't know how to get there. So it was kind of this faraway thing and I wanted it, but I was depending on just, I was pretending the steps because I didn't feel enough. And when I really learned the tradition that that is, it's, it's, um, as one poet says, that um, the only way to show up to Allah is with the one thing He doesn't have. It's the kind of in quotes uh, that with your lack, with your poverty, with mm-hmm. all that you know, because He is the Creator and Owner of all things. He is fully rich. He is not poor. So you show up with that. It sounds strange to say with what Allah doesn't have, but really, the reality is it's the brokenness that we bring to the perfect one um and it's the empty hands that we bring in order to receive and when i realized that it changed my life
0: wow that is very beautiful thank you sister um for that reminder um yes i would like to remind everyone who is listening right now uh, you have an opportunity to ask question to sister uh Ehalwa directly uh, via this space so um well well gather up your, your questions and, and i will give you um 15 minutes last 15 minutes of the session inshallah and to to ask sister Helwa any question that you have in in your mind currently about spirituality about healing about pretty much about everything uh, uh, Relate to longing for divine love, inshallah. Um, yes, when, when you spoke about uh, changes now, sister Hawa, um, I, I kind of like uh, um, reminisce this one um, incident that you mentioned about. You went to Turkey and and you found this woman uh, praying uh, like none other. You, you mentioned about um, this is the this is the 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 part, this is the moment where you feel the divine love. Um, how, if, if you can re- reflect back on that moment, um, how does it make you feel right now, Sister
1: it's, um, I'm always grateful when people point to that particular story because it was the moment I realised exactly what I was looking for which I didn't know at the time. I just felt a longing. I wasn't sure what that feeling was. Um, and at the time, I was traveling quite a bit. And um, so there's a lot of taking in a lot of beauty that the earth had to offer, meeting different people. And so in that, in that time period of my life, being completely stopped in my tracks, by what may look like a very ordinary, um, ordinary image in a uh, Islamic sort of country with many Muslims, and but to see somebody in the everyday life on a you know regular sort of environment, um, although it was you know Turkey's country, it's like mystical, and there's this. Um, the old buildings and stuff surrounding the area, but really like just an ordinary time. But to see somebody entirely in connection, in such intimate connection with the divine before me, like it almost felt like so intimate to see. Um, And I look back on it now and I think that, you know, Allah knows me and knows that, I have this uh, love of, of poetry and um, just, like, this uh, the beauty that life has to offer. And to pull me into my deepest longing with an image that was just perfect for me made me realize that Allah speaks to each of us very personally. Like he is not constrained by time and space Um he is not constrained by my limitations. He can show up and manifest something of of his beauty in any moment, in any way. And I, I think when I say sort of show up, meaning he reflects his qualities and calls us to the things that create longing in us. And if we could go f- stay long enough to see beyond that veil, then we are completely taken by the beauty. And for me, what I realized in that moment was that it was Allah's love pouring upon a woman who was longing for for him. And he was, for whatever reason, pulling the curtain for that moment for me to experience that. And create a sense of longing, almost like the fanning of a of a fire or flame. When you you found it, and it increases that. And so seeing seeing her become a prayer, the way I said it for some of you may may or not have read it, is that it was the first time I saw someone not pray, but become a prayer, meaning that they left themselves behind and sort of dissolved in that experience. And for those who are in love or have experience being in love, there is a, you know that quality uh, in some way of being dissolved in the experience of something profound. So to see her in that moment, it um, it also showed me what I wanted and how I wanted to, what I was really looking for. Um, and uh, although words kind of fall short in painting that truth, um, it's, uh, I do give, I don't know who she is, um, where she is but I, I certainly will say that she is to be credited in a great way for this book
0: mm-hmm. Thank you Thank you very much Sister Helwa for that show um, Guys if you want to know more about the, the, the story that we talked about just now you might love uh, to get your hands on this book Secrets of Divine Love written by Sister Helwa And you can get that on our website, uh, www.imanshop.com, imanshop uh, with double P, I M A N S H O double P E, imanshop.com. You can get this book at 65 Ringgit, um, but you can use this discount code DIVINE22. When you check out, use this code DIVINE22 to get 10% off from the original price, so you can get a cheaper price for this beautiful book. Please get this uh, book right now on imanshop.com and use Divine22 to get a discount 10% off from the original price. Right, uh, Sister Helwa, so just now, you mentioned about this moment, and I believe this moment is actually um, the the part where um Something trigger you to make a change in your life, to, to shift the direction uh, in in your life. Um, most people have this this fear when we talk about change. They they, they afraid to make changes in in their life. Um, it sounds like a nonsensical um, reasoning when we ask them when we ask them why they are afraid to to make changes. Um, but even though it sounds nonsensical, but it is real to them. They, they just have this kind of fear to make change in their life. Probably because change means they have to get out of their comfort zone. They have to do things differently. They have to live differently. Mm, if I were to ask you, um, what, was there a moment for you when, when you think that, when you, make, when you want to change life, when you want to be a better person by living some stuff that is not um, um, beneficial in, in your life. Uh, was there a moment for you when you think that you're not strong enough and, and you cannot do this anymore? And what did you do to go back on track um, so that you can have a, have a, a, a constant change in your life?
1: Hmm.
0: That's a great question.
1: I think change is often difficult because there's an unknown element of stepping Mm -hmm. into something new. And for me, dealing with change really comes down to dealing with my attachment. And the way that I sort of um, explain this is that You know, I think of you know a caterpillar. I know it's just a metaphor we use so much, but I think one of the things that we forget in this metaphor is that when a caterpillar enters a cocoon, it literally liquidifies; like it melts away to what it was. There is a painful experience in that. That its wings come at the expense of that time in that cocoon becoming, literally being melted into something different. And so there is this way in which the heat of that difficulty is transformative. It's the crucible. Um, And change sometimes feels that way. And so if we're attached to a version that we want, what usually happens in the face of change is we feel great anxiety and the way that I describe anxiety is that anxiety is essentially that space of feeling between where we are right now and where we want to be. And then the space between that is what Allah has written. <laughs> and there's infinite variables at play. And we are, when we get so focused on that over there that we're trying to get to or trying to hold on to, but we're not looking at it alone. Like we feel in intense anxiety because we know deep down that that there's too much, too many variables that we can't really make sure that we get that thing over there. Whether that's a complete a particular project, whether that's have someone that we love in our lives, we what's in the way is, is mortality. Death, running out of time, competition, all these things. All these things that are in in this space that creates a sense of anxiety. And so when it comes to change, usually we resist it because we have a picture of how we think things should be or want to be. And really stepping into change is a surrender. It's saying that I know that Allah's will and plan is better for me. Not to mention that Allah's will and plan will follow and happen no matter what. And so as some of the poets like Rumi and Hafizadi, like some of these old poets would talk often about is how almost silly it is the human inclination to take on um, worry, fear, anxiety uh, about something that's already been written because that worry, fear, anxiety cannot change the outcome um and the, as it said it's like prayer changes destiny like there and really what surrender to god is what changes that the future in a sense but in reality our worry doesn't but we feel like if we can just if we worry enough or anxious enough like somehow that could change but it doesn't and so these poets the prophets always remark on that almost like the silliness of taking that on Um, And so when it comes to change, if you're struggling with change, the first thing to really think about and make space to contemplate is your attachment to a particular version of you or of the future, and really beginning to surrender that and making space for the reality that Allah's will is supreme and far greater than our greatest dreams.
0: Well. Wow, I was really immersed in, in the answer. Thank you, Sister Hello, for that answer. Um, mm-hmm. if, if I if I were to follow up to that to that the answer, um, as as someone that who has, um, I would say changed from um, and and I I believe that you you right now in 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 a bad version. Uh, then, then you were back then. Um, as someone that has seen the changes in in life and has written a book um, to 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 tell to share with with everyone about the journey uh, you had back then, um, what would be your your lesson? What would be your your advice to those um, who are currently probably struggling to live their um, bad paths, their baggage from the past that still haunting them till now and and somehow put a stop on, on the changes that they want to make?
1: Yeah, great question. I would say that, you know, I sincerely feel like one of the things that gets in our way is overemphasis on ourselves. And what I mean is Focusing on what I bring <laughs> to the table with my relationship with Allah is focusing on lack, poverty, neediness, emptiness. Not really a good place to start from
0: because
1: <laughs> I don't have, I, I don't bring anything to the creator of everything. Like, So if we come and say, oh, Allah, I'm going to you know, Allah, but I prayed. It's like, I can't look at the one who gave me time and say, God, you should be grateful I'm showing up for prayer. Because it's, he gave me the time. He <laughs> gave me the breath and time, the body, the spirit, the eyes, the hands, the tongue. How can I, how can I be, quote, worth it to show up? Like, so if I focus on me, because a lot of times I want to make a change. I, 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 we have this idea that, okay, I'm going to do this. And we, we like, our focus is actually us. And it took me a really long time because I felt so faulty, so sinful, so fallible. And when I focused on myself, I felt totally s- sad, depressed, almost helpless. And I started to think that that was the wrong way to show up had this idea that I you know, I want to be like the imam at the mosque. He's so sure of himself or that woman over there or that man here. He seems so interested in reading the Quran or praying or being in service. And I always felt like I wasn't good enough. And I'll never forget one of my teachers. I raised my hand and I was like, oh, Amina. I <laughs> was like in a distressed mode. Why do I not feel like I'm good enough? And I never forget, she looked at me and she smiled and was like in a group of people and she said, Oh, that's easy, Heloa, because you're not. No, I was like, that was the worst answer I have ever heard. You know? <laughs> and everybody laughed and she laughed too and she said, No, what I mean is that's the whole point. Without a law, you're not enough. That feeling calls you to him. That emptiness calls you to him. One way that Rumi says this is um, that you know Jalaluddin uh, Rumi says he says that the the thirsty seed, you know, it calls upon it the rain, and he's like the boat calls upon it water. Like there's this way in which the cry of the baby makes the mother's breast flow with milk. The the need that we bring makes us in the space to be receptive to receive. But somehow we've been taught that you have to show up to a law perfect. Uh, You better show up polite, perfect, and put together. And it doesn't mean that we show up impolite before the divine. It means that we show up real though. We have, I think in a lot of ways, misdefined what it means to be a Muslim. And at its core, you hear in the Quran over and over, like, we're called to be served We show up as servants. It really, quote, slaves. And the difficulty with the translation into slave, slave as a slave, is we have such a bad connotation of what a slave is because of colonialism and the awful things that have happened based on race or culture or whatever. And so we have this we have this skewed perception and naturally it would make sense that we would. But really to be a, a slave in this in this term, Abla, like is to be have all your affairs in the hands of your master. And that master is is one that created you from love, holds you in love, and reflects upon you the deepest love. Like that's our relationship with the divine. So when you're faced with something you want to change or you're called to have a closer relationship with Allah, that's the one that you're having a closer relationship with. Sometimes we only see God as this, almost like this figure in the sky waiting to punish us. And I always say that's Zeus. <laughs> it's a Greek mythical god. <laughs> and we project this person, um, this Greek, this Zeus upon Allah. Asakh for law, we ask forgiveness for that. Um, but so, if you're someone looking to make a change in your life and it's hard for you to let go, ask Allah for help. And remember that He loves you far greater than any person ever could in a million billion lifetimes. And His love for you is greater than your mother or if, if maybe some people do not a good relationship with a mom, a loving caretaker, or the greatest love you've ever experienced, and so when we're looking at change and we're struggling with it, to remember that, and to also look at anywhere in your life that you feel attached to a particular outcome, and spend time to surrendering that attachment to Allah to make space uh, for Him to move you in whatever way you're meant to move to become who He's created you to become.
0: Right, thank you. Thank you, Sisewa. Wow, this is good. I really love this. Thank you, Sisewa. It was really, really beautiful. And uh, I really hope that everyone also feels the same way that I'm feeling right now. It, it's a mixture of um, um confidence, comfort, as well as a bit of guilty that I'm not doing enough as well. But thank you, Sisewa, for that reminder. Um, Yes, uh, you guys can get her book. On a discounted price on imanshop.com. The original price is 65 ringgit, but you can use Divine22 um to get a discount of 10% from the original price. So please, um, if you love this 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 kind of topic, this kind of conversation, um, I'm I'm sure that you would find this secrets of divine love book really, really good as well. And yes, just please get the book right now on imanshop.com. Um, um, like you mentioned earlier the part um of, of this conversation just now, um, um this, this book has this complimentary um journal with it. Um, um, yes, if I were to ask you um with, with what 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 with this this journal actually what how does this journal complement with, with your book and how mm. What, what do you hope this journal will become uh, to complement with this book? A great question. So when I was,
1: when I felt called to write the journal, it was a few things. One was I was trying my best to show up to a lot of book calls. Um, and sort of what I mean with book, book club calls, I guess, is better say that way, is there were people around the world getting together and they were reading Secrets of Divine Love. And then they would meet every chapter, the once a week, um, and on different chapters, and they would share their reflections, how they felt. And sometimes, I had the good pleasure of joining these calls, and it was such a blessing, very beautiful, always, always blown away by the things that people had to offer and share. And um, a lot of times on these book calls, people were curious about why was and spent time asking personal questions, and which I thought was so sweet. Um, and it and, and made me think, um, what questions would I ask them? Um, and if I could have a conversation with them, what would I ask? And, and because it, I couldn't make all the book clubs that people had, and and my time has continuously gotten smaller, I thought, well, how could I multiply what I would want to say in these calls? Or um, now the book's been out for about two years. I'll, there's some new things I'd like to share regarding these chapters and, and actually um, the journal is based on each chapter of the book, but it has addition it starts with an additional story. It's actually very rarely I share like more personal stories, but there's a few in there, especially in the death chapter in the chapter in Hodge. Um, it's pretty personal. Uh, so I start with that. And then it's followed by like nine to ten questions in an opening prayer, closing prayer. I wanted to offer um, personal prayers, how to turn to Allah and ask in a very casual way. The Prophet, peace be upon him, gave us so many beautiful hadith. And we're called to use those, use the Quran, and also use our own um, inspiration in the moment to ask. So I wanted to share what that might look like. And my best way of learning is through an example. So with these opening and closing prayers and you know, additional quotes to reflect on. So I wanted to add, a, you, know, you know, over a dozen stories. and And so really to introduce, so after you're done reading a chapter, you could go to the journal and if you're with your friends or even on your own, you can read kind of semi-summary, some new content, more more of the same sort of poetic approach, and then sit and really have a chance to answer questions, not about the content that's in the book, but about your own relationship with Allah, questions around, you know, what is the lesson that Allah is teaching me right now? Um, sitting with, you know, uh, questions around... Um, uh, what's, what's something hard that you're you're dealing with that nobody sees or um, sitting with what your definition of divine love is and you know it's a moment that you felt completely in connection with the divine where were you when, when you feel connected to a law and, and it creates this conversation amongst us that is deeper than just I learned this and I like that idea or I like this idea it It calls you to be personal in your relationship because at the end of the day, my deep desire is to um, call people to turn to Allah. And so um, with the book, I was hoping that that would be one way and with the questions, it would be through contemplation, so another way. Um, So I hope (laughs) that answers the question.
0: Mm. Actually, I really like the idea of having this journal to... To, to make you reflect on your your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If I, would, if I can, like, somehow give a tease to, to the audience, um, I just randomly uh, flipped through these pages and I found this really beautiful quote. Um, so Sister Halwa wrote this, uh, no matter what happens in your life, it turns you towards Allah, it is a blessing. Whether Allah is testing you to strengthen you or holding you accountable for a thing you may have committed, respond is the same. Send to Allah and ask for his help and guidance. Wow, I, th- I think that's really really beautiful. Thank you, Sister Hala, for sure. making this journal and the book as well. So yeah, I again, I like to promote these two products, this, this, product, this um, actually journal as well. You can get 10% off if you t- use uh, Divine22 um, as the discount code on Imanshop.com. So please please go to imanshop.com, get these two books, um, Secrets of Divine Love, as well as the journal. And yeah, you'll see wonders that how can it change you, the way you see your, your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And yeah, my I, I think we we kind of like um at the end of the conversation, um I like to to talk about this. Um we we are approaching Ramadan soon, sister. Allah. So if I were to to, to count correctly, we, we only have this I think 37 days left to um to see Ramadan inshallah. And um we, we, our conversation revolves around change just now. And Ramadan is always seen as a month um to, to change oneself. Um probably because um the, the shaitan the, the enemies of humanity is tied up and um, we are only battling ourselves during that month, um, but why does uh, right after Ramadan people go back to their previous self? We only we, we, we can see this in, in our life when um, in Ramadan we really uh, strive for um, the tarawih, the the recitation of Quran, but immediately after the 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 eight, we, we go back to our previous self. Um, probably this question might be a bit a bit heavy, but if I would if if, if I can ask you, um, where does this um, spiritual and um, behavioral um, dissonance lies? That what what is the reasoning of this? Actually,
1: happen. Hmm. That's a beautiful question. Um, you know, the month of Ramadan is a blessed month. It's a month of mercy, and like you said, these sort of dark forces or you know, voices, are, by the mercy of Allah, are removed from our experience. And we're left really, because people are like, "Wow, I still have negative thoughts." It's like, so we're left purely to to witness our ego, our nafs, and Allah gives us the time and space and the blessing of the month and community to purify and heal parts of ourselves. And usually, with fasting, what happens is you you remove um, from your body this very natural inclination towards food, it, when we confront that, what ends up happening is it's like we're, the desires of the self begin to weaken. And so suddenly, the aside from being in a month of mercy and beauty and and that, we're also, our bodies are weakened and our spirits are enlivened through worship and prayer and community and tarwe, all these things that happen in this blessing of a month. And and so we're in this space, and it's we're doing exactly what we were created to do—to be in connection and relationship and worship Allah. And when the month ends, we stop fasting, so that the, the Prophet peace be his him is like saying that um, you know the shaitan moves in our blood in a sense. So when you fast, the blood slows down, that influences less of a grip. Now Ramadan also the. Shaitans are locked up. So Mm -hmm. now imagine the month is over and this is no longer chained and you're not fasting and we're not worshiping and we're not in community and we're not at the mosque every day for some people or at least trying to listen to lecture or breaking. So all these things that turn us to the deeper awareness of who we are and have an experience of Allah— goes away, mm-hmm. and so then what ends up happening is we revert back to what we were before Ramadan. And so this happens for many Muslims year after year after year. Um, and I think it becomes commonplace, and actually what you actually see, pretty, it's very fascinating, is we can actually see this graphically you'll see in Ramadan, people are consuming Islamic literature and lectures at an unbelievable amount. I mean, it's like five times more than any month, another month. Something very, um, an amazing amount of people are committed. And as soon as Ramadan ends, you will see some of the worst months of, when it comes to books being read and Lectures being watched. I'm sure it just—it's a massive decrease. Almost like when it's done, we feel like, "Oh, we accomplished it." Now we can go back to the life we had. Um, but what we really taught is the Islamic tradition, Prophet peace be upon him, his companions, his family, is that Ramadan is transformative. If not to use the, I guess I am using the caterpillar butterfly metaphor again, but when the Caterpillar goes into the cocoon, it doesn't come out a caterpillar. It comes out as a new creation with new considerations, meaning caterpillar would never think about flying, but now a butterfly, all it does is fly. It's transformed through this experience. And so, really, Ramadan is saying in the book too, it is a cocoon, it's a womb. You enter it, and you're not meant to come out the same that you came in. And so really, they say your testament to your Ramadan is the week after, more so than the four weeks even. Obviously, we're called to these incredible things, and obviously, we always want to show up the best that we can, but really to be observant how we come out and what desires and inclinations hit us, and to work on polishing those things. Um... Is really important and to and to remember. It's like, oh yeah, but why do we, why do we come out like that? Because we're, it's a world filled with distraction, so we're really called to remember that the Islamic path is a path of remembrance. Allah says, the greatest of things is that the that remembrance of divine names of of divine presence. And so, in Ramadan, really as you step into this month, my recommendation is that you as you do the practices that you want, the prayers that you want, and give the charity with time and money that you want or you seek, is to be very present with how you can take something of this month into your life. Maybe it's fasting once a week or twice a week. Maybe it's having a practice of service. Maybe it's adding a morning of doing repentatoba. But taking something from the month, really being present, maybe it's the reading of the Quran on a daily basis, but to take something from the month to remind you who you are and what you were created to do on this earth, I think would be helpful. Inshallah.
0: Thank you. No, that is really, really helpful. Well, thank you, Sister Helwa, for the reminder. Um, actually, um, when we talk about um, Ramadan, we in uh, we at Imam Plus have this online class um, related to how you can maximize the Ramadan. So for those who are who are listening um, to this space right now, if you are looking for any content or any videos or even you're looking for um, pre-recorded online class, uh, we at Imam Plus have this online class entitled uh, Presence of the Heart. This, pre- this pre-recorded class, um, in this pre-recorded class, you'll get insights insights on how to optimize Ramadan. And we have seven amazing speakers, such as uh, Sheikh Mikhail Smith, Iman Salam uh, Ustaza Zainab Talha, and our local Ustaz, uh, Ustaz Abdul Abdurrahman, and many more. Um, this online class uh, will also give you the tips on how to make use of um, the days in, in Ramadan, which is just around the corner. Um, the original price is 38 ringgit, um, but you can get uh, 8 ringgit off if you use this code YES, yes, when you check out at our website, imanplus.com. So with uh, only thirty ringgit, you'll get a lifetime access to this pre-recorded online class, giving you um, the tips and insights on how to maximize your Ramadan. So I think it's probably really, really good if you were to watch before Ramadan approach in 37 days soon, inshallah. And yes, please visit imanplus.com to, to check out our online class. Presence of the heart, inshallah All right, Sizelwa. My last question, probably about uh, still about Ramadan, but I want to relate to your book and 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 the journal. How do you see your book and your journal um, will help to to negate this dissonances uh, due to um, when due to when we. Um, after Ramadan, we are basically a very good Muslim, but after Ramadan, we completely change. So, how this book and this journal can help your readers negate these dissonances?
1: Great question. Well, I don't think that anything, um, except for a law, can do that. And I think the the value of this journal and book is that it will remind you of that. And it will continuously remind you of that. Remind you that the one with the greatest power, the greatest love, the greatest mercy is, makes himself available to us. That on the days that we feel at our worst, on the nights of our worst sins, he's available to us. He never leaves our side. And some of you know I'm, you know, in, into, uh, I do work with the prisons. And yesterday I was uh, speaking to a friend of mine who, um, who spent, who had a, a sentence of 25 years to life. Um, which for some of you um, in America, that means your um, sentencing is literally 25 years up until your entire life, depending on. Um, what happens in terms of the legal exact case and stuff like that. But he spent most of his manhood like years in, in prison. And for someone like that, like, when they turn to themselves, they have so much evidence for why they will not be received, why they will not be welcomed because they see, they see their, their crimes. And, and, Sometimes we can look and say okay well you know he's like he's like you know I went but I went to jail and I did these things this is why why I'm not worthy and the reality is all of us are like that some people are you know caught for their crimes but we're all sinful and Allah welcomes him as much as he welcomes me and all of you and regardless of the things that you've done I mean we we come from a tradition where we have Amala Khatab, right? And he, in his past, was not a good one. And yet, he turns his life over and seeks and has the intention for change. And we know how that future goes. The reality is, the real gift is is not words themselves, but what they point to. In essence, like, The prophet, peace be upon him, the power of his words is that transmission. It's like when he passed, um, his companions became aware, wow, just how much his environment of being around him was like a paradise. They just felt like that was normal life at that point. But then when he left, they realized it wasn't, they realized it was him. It's like, walking into a room and smelling an incredible fragrance. And then after 20 years of being in that room, saying, wow, this this room just smells amazing. And then you realize that actually it's the scent of one man. And he left the room now. And that room that felt a particular way now changes forever. I say that meaning that um, the power of, I think, any of these words is that it would point to Allah. Aside from that, it has nothing to offer you. It's, that's probably the worst marketing pitch you've probably ever heard, but <laughs> I believe that to be true. And I think that the real people say, like, you know, why do so many people buy this book? I say, because there's, the Quran is in it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Hundreds and hundreds of verses of the Quran. Dozens and dozens of verses of the Hadith. People don't reach for this book because of me but because they want a relationship with Allah. And what I promise you is I, my intention every step of the way was to turn you back to the one who has the world and beyond to offer you. Not because I'm worthy or you're worthy, aside from, away from him, aside from him, but rather our worthiness comes from in being in connection with Allah. That we are worth, we're priceless because of, our connection with the divine. Other than that, we are mirrors. And all that we hold is nothing but what we reflect. Mm -hmm. And if we, the beauty of what we put out into the world is a reflection of Allah's qualities. That of our own, we we don't own anything we reflect. The beauty is, comes from Allah. And so I just pray that this book does that for you.
0: I mean, I mean, thank you, Sital. Yep, that was that's really, really beautiful ending. Actually, um, wow. Uh, yes, I'm I'm a bit speechless. But yes, that's a bit about um this book, Secrets of Divine Love. Um, we we cannot tell much about how beautiful this book by just using few words to describe this book. But you have to really get your hands on this book, Secrets of Divine Love and Secrets of Divine Live Journal. um, They are on sale right now uh, on imanshop.com, but you have to use this code divine22 to get 10% off from the original price. So please go to imanshop.com right now because this code only valid until um, 11.59pm tonight Malaysia time. So you only have around one we will have to use this code to get Secrets of Divine Life and Secrets of Divine Life Journal at a discounted price of 10% off. And if you're looking for um, Ramadan preparation um, videos or content or any tips on maximizing Ramadan, uh, we have one pre-recorded online class on imanplus.com. Um, the price of this class is 38 ringgit. And the class uh, titled Presence of the Heart, if you go to imanplus.com, the class titled Presence of the Heart, the price right now is 38 ringgit. But if you were to use this voucher code, yes, Y-E-S, yes, you'll get 8 ringgit off from the original price. And you only have to pay 30 ringgit and you'll get a lifetime access to this pre-recorded online class so you can watch whenever or wherever until the end of the time um, so get this online class if you were to looking if you're looking for um content to maximize your madan, um and if you look to um to improve your madan this year this online class might help you to find a way around it inshallah um, before we end sister Hawa, um I, I, I want to um, ask for a favour from you to to have a last um, wisdom, uh, wise words from you um, what would you advise to those people who are listening right now um, that they are still struggling to they, they're still looking for a way to to have a deeper connection they, they already have a connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but did they, they find it a bit um, dull in a way so before we end, can, can you give us some advice on how to have authentic and practical relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala before we approach Ramadan?
1: Sure, of course. Um, what I would say is that um, first of all, thank you so much for making the time to be here and thank you so much for asking such beautiful questions. I can feel the gentleness of your heart and the beauty of what Allah has given you and I pray that Allah makes it easy for you in this life and the next for you, your family, your friends and um, I guess what I I hope to leave all of you with is that Allah created you intentionally from his love that he chose the shape of your eyes, your nose, your smile, that he planted the, the hairs on your head, that the color of your skin is a choice that he made, that he took beautiful care in making you, and that you're a reflection of his creativity of his ability to give life and make it beautiful. And that everything that you see is a reflection of Allah's creativity. In his speech, because he spoke, he said, be, and everything came into existence. So today, as you look out into the dark night, the stars out, that Allah created that for you to see. That when you get in your bed and you get comfortable and it's warm, like Allah created all the elements that created the blanket, your bed, your room. That he created that for you. And when you wake up and the sun rises and you see the plants and you hear the animals, that he gave you the ears to hear those signs of his. That in every single moment, he makes himself known to you through what he creates. That you are walking in a museum curated by God. And that you remember how special you are, how the creator of existence chose to create you. That the creator of existence chose to create you to love you and to reflect his mercy upon you. And that he called you to know him really so that you could know and receive this love. Because until you open your eyes and the light touches your eyes, you cannot see. So he's calling you to open your eyes so that you can receive all that he wants to give to you. And my prayer is that you remember that. That you remember how important you are to Allah. That he's created in billions upon billions of creatures and he makes time for you. In every moment for you. And to really receive the beauty of that gift that cannot be earned and just, it can only be received. And I make a prayer for each and every one of you on this call that Allah opens the gates of your heart and allows you to experience the deepest love. That Allah heals the places within you of pain that no one may see or know about. And that Allah reminds you that your sins are far too small for his mercy. That Allah can forgive all things. And I pray that you're reminded that the Prophet, peace be upon him, is praying for you, has prayed for you. And the Prophets throughout time have prayed for you. That when you're on this path, you are held and loved by the greatest of God's creatures and the angels, and of of course, God himself. And so I pray for all those who are ill and sick, that Allah may offer them the healing that is best for their spirits. Pray for those that are oppressed, that Allah uses all of us to amplify their voices and to stand up for those who need it. And I pray that Allah helps us to step out into this world with gentleness, kindness, and mercy for all people without discrimination. I mean, I mean, I mean,
0: thank you Sister Helwog, for that concluding remarks uh, from you for this session. And we really, really appreciate it. And uh, I hope everyone as well who are still with us right now uh, gets the benefit from this session. Um, yes, a good, um, 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 very great news to everyone who wants to listen to this session again. Um, inshallah it will be released as the podcast episode in the series called in this moment uh, next month inshallah so Mm -hmm. yeah i think i would love to to re-listen to this session again i got so many goosebumps along the session um Please follow our uh, social media at imanplus.com on Instagram and Twitter for more info on this podcast or any of our products. And you also can follow Sister Helwa on Instagram at um, uh, a.elwa underscore um, for um, lots of content and posts and beautiful um, quotes from her. You can follow her on Instagram, inshallah. Um, thank you everyone for listening to this space till the end Um, before we end uh, I'd like to remind again that you can get uh, Sister Helva's book Secrets of Divine Love and Secrets of Divine Love journal um, on imanshark.com at a discounted price of 10% off um, use this code when checkout, DIVINE22, DIVINE22, D-I-V-I-N-E-2-2 when you check out and you'll get 10% off instantly from the original price. So go to imanshop.com and purchase these two products. And if you're looking for content to maximize your Ramadan, to prepare you to be a better um Servant or better person during Ramadan, um, you'll find online class titled "Presence of the Heart" will be useful and helpful for you to prepare you to approach Ramadan. The price of this class is thirty-eight ringgit, but you can get eight ringgit off by using this code: yes, yes. Use this code when checkout at imanplus.com. Yes, yes, and you'll get eight ringgit off. the original price and this class is pre-recorded and you'll get a lifetime access to this class when you purchase it on our website imanplus.com till next time inshallah thank you sister and we pray for you to have the best day of your life today inshallah for for sharing with us today i really really enjoy this session sister Thank you so much. May you have a blessed night.
1: Shallaswa. As well.
0: Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Till next time, everyone, take care and stay safe. Um assalamu alaikum. Wala taala wa barakatuh. The episode of longing for divine love is a collaboration between Imam Plus and Helwa. Writer Helwa has over 15 years of experience writing and speaking on Islam and personal development. Over the past several years, she has inspired over hundreds of thousands of readers through her passionate, poetic and love-based approach to Islamic spirituality. You can find her on Instagram at a.helwa underscore where she uses it as a means to help others overcome personal and spiritual struggles on the journey of experiencing divine love. This episode is a part of In This Moment podcast series. This series is available on Iman Plus Spotify and Iman YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to our channels if you don't want to miss our latest episodes. For more information on the podcast or any other products from Iman Plus, please check out our social media account at imanplus.com on Instagram and Twitter and Iman Plus on Facebook. Subscribe to our newsletter and please check out our website imanplus.com today. Till next time, take care and stay safe.